I'm Shahar Azani, and in the news, Israel's politics and the efforts to form a government in Israel. As Prime Minister Netanyahu still holds the mandate he was given by Israel's president to form a government, the question is, will he succeed? And what happens in case he's not successful? Are we headed for a fifth round of elections? We are fortunate to have with us on JBS again, our good friend, Kobe Cohen. Kobe is an Israeli political analyst and the host of Balagan, Israeli politics and society podcast. He will guide us through this incredibly complicated process. Kobe, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's always a pleasure, Shahar, to join you and our audience. Excited to be here again. So, so tell us, where do we stand now? How, how long has Netanyahu uh, been holding the mandate? How long, how long does he have still? And where do we stand? What are the chances? So Netanyahu has until May 3rd to try and form a coalition. In, on May 3rd, the 28 days given to him by the president is going to pass. And then we're going to have, the president will have three choices either to uh, allow, to, pr to provide Netanyahu 14 more days to try and form the coalition, either to pass the mandate to a different candidate, and we're gonna discuss it in a minute, and that candidate will only have 28 days without an extension period, or the third option, if the, is if the president thinks that none of the candidates can form a coalition, he will pass the mandate back to the, to the Knesset, to the parliament, and tell them, guys, you guys have 21 days to figure out a solution, or the Knesset dissolves. And that's, what, that's where we are standing. Right. What have been the major developments in the course of the last week or two in, the, uh, in this arena of forming a government? So we can, we can mark three uh, uh, you know, crucial things. The first one is that on April 19th, um, Prime Minister Netanyahu and the Likud party were surprised by their friend Mansour Abbas of Ram. Um, they were trying to set up a deal with uh, Bennett's Yamina, with Naftali Bennett and the Yamina party, on the, on the formation of the Arrangements Committee of the Knesset. Now, the Arrangements Committee is the first committee that is always uh, um, assembled after the election, and this is the committee that is in charge of the formation of the Knesset's work. All of the other committees, who's going to be the, who's going to be, who's, who's going to be leading them, what's going to be the formation, and which Knesset members are going to sit in them. Netanyahu and the Likud party were trying to uh, tell uh, Naftali Bennett, join us, and you will get an extra vote. So it means that he can veto each one of the decisions in that arrangements committee, but. It wasn't closed with another uh, so-called partner of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the Likud party and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, which is Mansour Abbas of Ram. We need to remember that at this moment, without, the, without Yamina and without Mansour Abbas, Netanyahu only have 52 mandates top. Even if he has Yamina and Naftali Bennett, it's still 59. So he needs an extra partner. So. They were surprised because Mansour Abbas got upset that he's, uh, you know, he felt left out and he voted with Yair Lapid and, uh, and uh, the change block, as they call themselves. And now, technically, the change block have 16 uh, members of the Knesset in the committee. The committee itself is 33 uh, members of the Knesset. The change block has 16. 
בנתניהו's block has 14 and נפתלי בנט has 2 and רע"מ has 1 which means that the balance is still between that Bennett is exactly and Mansour. That's exactly the situation. Like, that's a replica of what's happening yes. now. Netanyahu, even with Naftali Bennett, still doesn't have a majority, and he needs Ram in order to get yes. uh, make any progress. That's amazing. It's really reflected in, that, in the uh, formation. And the, and the crazy thing is that, uh, you know, um, what Naftali Bennett is doing at the moment is quite remarkable. He's playing on both sides of the court. He's trying to extract the most out of everybody. On one hand, he told the, you know, Prime Minister Netanyahu, we're going to go with you if you can settle a, a right-wing government. All you need to do is persuade uh, Bezalel Smutrich and religious Zionism to, to uh, have uh, Mansour Abbas to support us from the outside, you know, without becoming a coalition member, and we will join you, and then you can set a minority government. On the other hand, okay, he's playing with Yair Lapid, trying to set a formation for another power government that will have, you know, the exact amount of power, distribution of power between the right wing uh, represented by Bennett and Yamina, Gidon Saar and, uh, and New Hope and uh, Lieberman and uh, Israel Beitenu, and between the left and the center left, you know, with Yair Lapid and the, and the rest of the gang, the labor and merits. And I mean, for him, so far it works nice, but you, you can hear that it's also, I'm not sure if it's going to really work for him. Kobe I think that in, one, in, a, in a way he's pulling the string a bit too much. Right. You mentioned but, before that there were three major developments. First, we talked about the arrangements committee of the Knesset. Very interesting yes. development there. What are the other two? So the other two is that suddenly out of the bloom, when, President, when Prime Minister Netanyahu saw that he can't, settle between Bezalel Smutrich and Mansour Abbas, uh, his good friend, uh, you know, member of the Knesset Arya Derry uh, of Shas, the leader of Shas, suddenly declared that we should pass a law to have a direct uh, elections for prime minister. But wasn't it, there already a direct election for prime minister in Israel? Yes. We had it in 1994, they passed the bill uh, for a, they changed the, you know, the basic law of, uh, of uh, the Knesset and the basic law of the government, forming a two, a two, um, um, two a double vote, you know, one for the Knesset and the other one for prime minister. We only had it between 1996 to 2001. We had three election uh, terms. The first one, Netanyahu won Uh, in 1996 with less than uh, half of percent over uh, Shimon Peres. In 1999, Netanyahu lost to Ehud Barak, who lost to Ariel Sharon in 2001. Now, if we go to 2001, that was an astonishing uh, uh, government that Wait, Sharon... Wait, so, so let, me, let me just, for the sake of our viewers, I just want to understand. So Israel actually enacted... a direct election process to the prime minister. So Israelis had to cast at that time two ballots, one, two votes, one for a party they wanted and one for a prime minister. And the years yeah. in which it took effect were those three election uh, uh, cycles. Yeah. Uh, in 1996, between Benjamin Netanyahu and Shimon Peres. In 1999, between Netanyahu and Barak. And in 2001, between... Between Barak. And, and Ariel Sharon, who was leading the Likud at that time. Right. Okay, so it, and, and then it was canceled? It was canceled because what happened was, 
Israel is a parliament, has a parliamentary system, which means that the Knesset is, you know, it's not just the legislative uh, branch, it's also the one forming the coalition. So if you need, if you want to become a prime minister, you need to form a coalition to have a majority in the Knesset so you can pass your, uh, your policies uh, throughout the different committees. And what happened was, is that when, when, when they shifted the power between voting for a prime minister and voting for a party, okay, the big parties at that time who were labor on one hand on the left and the Likud on the right, lost most of their powers to, to the smaller parties. And it made the, you know, and they still needed to form a coalition in order to function well as a government. So they still needed to get the, the Knesset support. And it made, you know, the whole, the whole uh, building, a, forming a coalition uh, situation much harder because they had less leverage and they needed, you know, to, to be, I'll say blackmailed in a way with other, with smaller parties' interests. So then it was canceled and actually the, the big parties actually, uh, you know, they grew back. When Ariel Sharon was the prime, when won the prime minister in 2001, that was the only time, by the way, that it was just for prime minister without a legislative uh, election. He had 17 seats as the ruling, as the ruling prime minister. He was able to form a crazy coalition at that time. It was amazing. I mean, how we did it, it's politically wise. It was very, you know, it was uh, impressive, but he didn't have the leverage. So, you know, in 2003, we went to another round of election. So, so he, um, he was elected prime minister, established a coalition. In yes. the course of those, um, th that term, the law was changed again to go back to the old system yes. of casting just one ballot in favor of the party, which brings us to where we are today. So my question to you is, the ideas coming up from Shas Aryaderi, the um, Sephardic ultra-Orthodox party, partners and, and supporters, great supporters of Netanyahu, even within the Haredi bloc, and what's the hope? Why, why did it come up? How will that solve the impasse that we're at at the moment? So let's start with that, that it's not gonna solve anything, but I will surprise you with another thing. We actually have two, two suggestions to change this ruling and have uh, to form a, to, to set the direct uh, election form. One is led by Shas. And technically it says that only in a situation when none of the candidates in the legislative election is able to form a coalition, we will go for a direct, uh, for a direct election for prime minister. Okay, and then you only need 40%, um, a majority of 40% only, you don't need like 51%. Right. And then suddenly out of the bloom, one of the members of the Knesset of the Likud, Shlomo Kari, came out with another suggestion that, you know, that we're gonna change the law of uh, the basic law and we will have a direct vote for a prime minister and who can run as a candidate? Only, only a member of the Knesset who is leading a party with more than 15 MKs. Now, when you look at the, at the Knesset these days, we have only two people with the larger, you know, with the parties larger than 15. We have Netanyahu on the right, and Yair Lapid on the center left. And that, why is he doing that? Because he's trying to block Naftali Bennett and you know, regardless, I would say that Naftali Bennett doesn't gain a high score 
in you know in, wait, wait, in the. Kobe, I have to ask you this. Um, yes. You're talking about direct election. I just want to go back to uh, we have two suggestions for that potential system with a slight difference of who can run. But if at the end of the day Israelis go again to vote, and let's assume most chances are, you know, as come out from most of the polls, Netanyahu gets more uh, support, definitely higher than 40% within the Israeli public, or most chances, he's going to go back to the same Knesset. So it's the exactly. same numbers of the same parties, of the same coalition that he's unable to establish at the moment. And then what? Even based on, let's assume on both suggestions, let's assume that Netanyahu wins. He goes back to the same Knesset. The same situation. And then what? Another round, of, another round of elections? What does he gain as a result? So, yeah, the political deadlock is still, is still there. I mean, nothing changes. Even the recent polls in Israel shows that the balance remains the same thing. You have the anti-BB block and you have the pro-BB block. And it's not changing. I mean, it goes one mandate from one side to the other. I saw that, for example, Naftali Bennett took one of the mandates from uh, Gidon Saar, you know, but it doesn't help anyone. So the only thing that Netanyahu gains is more, uh, more time in the position as a prime minister, you know, in a, in a, a transparent, trans, a transform uh, government. And that's the only thing that they gain. So he keeps on, you know, staying as the prime minister and he can, he can uh, rule, uh, as you say, you know, not the media, but the, you know, the, um, I forgot the word, uh, like uh, the political, uh, timetable. the political agenda, let's call it. And, and, and it's amazing. I mean, the Likud has no problem at this time to do anything they need in order to uh, stay in power. The other thing that I wanted to say, and we'll go back, by the way, to the, to the direct election uh, law, is that the Likud is also trying, Netanyahu is also trying to do something else. Uh, he asked the, uh, the Likud to, to make changes in the Likud's constitution in order to give him the power to, um, some will say bribe, and some will say to make an offer to you know, members of other parties who will be willing to join the Likud, that in the next round of election, their place will be secured. Now, why is he doing that? Two things. The first one, he wants to show Naftali Bennett that he's opening the door for him to join the Likud now. If he'll join his coalition, they can form you know, that uh, Naftali Bennett and, and, the, and the Amina party will join the Likud. And on the other hand, you may find a couple of deserters like we had in the last round of election, you know, coming from other parties that may join. And then he may have a slight chance of changing, you know, uh, the balance and getting the 61 votes. I doubt if it's, if it's something that will help him at this point. You know, when you look at somebody like Gidon Saar or, uh, or a Victor Lieberman of, uh, of Israel Beitenu, they are, you know, they're strict. They're saying, listen, we can form a right-wing government now, just get rid of Netanyahu. So eventually, I said it before, I mean, Netanyahu, you know, in a way, he's the, he's the main challenge to gain a right-wing government. Right. So assuming some of the, uh, all of these efforts that right now he's making, and he's just got a few more days left, how successful do you think is he going to be? 
And what, the, in your opinion, is going to happen if he fails? Will the president give the mandate to someone else, or is it going to go back to the Knesset? So that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I think that the main challenge now is lays into uh, Yair Lapid's hands and Naftali Bennett. Because they need to, um, to get to an agreement on how their coalition is going gonna, is gonna to look like. At the moment, Naftali Bennett is requesting to be the prime minister in a rotation with Yair Lapid. And we need to remember that he only had seven mandates. The change block is, is willing to give him the prime, the prime ministership, but they're saying, look, he, you only get seven seats. So you want to be prime minister and to get the, you know, the, the, the strongest uh, um, ministries. Like he wants to be, you know, uh, he wants to take uh, the security minister. Right. He wants to take um, the- Justice. The justice minister, yes. And, and the left wing is saying, we are not willing to, you know, just to wait for the breadcrumbs of this government. You have seven mandates. The Labour Party has seven mandates. Benny Gantz has eight mandates. So why we should share the power with you in such an unequal way? And I think that if Bennett will not, I, I mean, Bennett is trying to compromise everybody at the moment. He's trying to show his, his people that he's fighting to form a government that will be good for the right wing. Okay, but on the other hand, he's trying to show that he's willing to make a change and, and form a government without the Likud. Because if you remember, I said it in the past, Netanyahu, Bennett is looking at the day after Netanyahu. And he knows that he's going to stretch, you know, that if he's going to stretch the line too, you know, the, the, the line too much, okay, he's going to be burnt within the right wing. And at the moment, by the way, when you look at the Likud, there, you know, you have candidates that are already warming up on the lines to become a Netanyahu successor. I don't see the day coming up really soon. I mean, because Netanyahu has so much drive in him, you know, he's like the heavyweight uh, champion. So he's not going to step down uh, so, easily. So even looking into the right wing, even those efforts to bring Naftali Bennett into the Likud, that may encounter opposition from others who vie for the same kind of position. So in that sense, I think we should take that into account. And then secondly, we have to admit, Kobe, that even the formation of an alternative government seems very difficult because of the stretch between the, the different ends of the spectrum from even you still need support from the Arab parties for that government as well, correct? So, yes. I mean, if we look at the blocks, the Netanyahu has a 46 man, uh, a 52 mandates block. He has, the Likud has 30, Shas with nine mandates, UTJ, United Torah Judaism with seven, and religious Zionism with six. Religious Zionism with six. That's 52 mandates. Even if he gets Naftali Bennett to join him, it's still 59. So he still needs the support of another party, and he was trying to get Ram to support him. And what On the about other you? hand, yeah. the, the change block with Yair Lapid has 51 mandates. Yeshatid with 17, Blue and White with Benny Gantz with eight mandates, Labour, Israel, Beitenu, and uh, Naftali Bennett with seven each, you know, and New Hope and Merits with six each. So 
Bennett in that case gives them the 58 mandates. So they still, and I, and I put, you know, the Arab, the Arab parties on the side on purpose. The Arab parties in overall, it's 10 mandates. So each one of the blocks needs, you know, a RAM to join them or the joint list to support them. And Bennett doesn't like to be seen as somebody who's being supported by the Arab, you know, by the joint list. And I, I'm not sure if the joint list will be willing to recommend Bennett as well. I mean, everybody's going to have to swallow, you know, what you say, to swallow a frog in order to make this process uh, to happen. But, but Kobe, just to make sure the process is even more complicated, the joint list and Mansour Abbas's Ram, they're not friends, are they? They are not friends, but Mansour Abbas is willing to collaborate with both sides. And the joint list are only willing to collaborate with the side that is against Netanyahu, but not in the terms of, of, uh, of uh, supporting Naftali Bennett, because for them, they are saying, listen, he's, he's a hard right wing more than uh, Netanyahu. And we're not willing to support a government that is that will look, if, if it will be leaning to the right. We're not give, give our fingers, you know, our votes to set a, a, another uh, right-wing government because it's without Netanyahu. For us, it's the same, you know, it's same, it's, as they like to say in English, same, same, but different, same, same, but different. Last, last question, Kobe, before we conclude. Um, the, there has been some escalation between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. How does that play yeah. into the political process? The, these tensions between Jews and Arabs in Jerusalem and what's happening in Gaza and the elections in the Palestinian Authority, will that play a role in the negotiations, the uh, political negotiations? I believe it will play a role in case of escalation of what's happening at the moment. The tense, the tense is high in the Gaza Strip and actually in Jerusalem as well. Uh, this past weekend, in, in the past weekend, there was a big demonstration of uh, the organization Lehava, which is an ultra-right wing organization. Uh, more than a hundred casualties out of the, you know, Jerusalemite Arabs uh, were counted, and it's it's bringing the tension into new heights. Normally, I would say that uh, you know. Uh, you know, this type of tension works for Netanyahu, but I'm not sure because at the moment, some of the people see him as the one responsible for escalating what's happening, both with Hamas on one hand and with, you know, with the, with the Arabs on the other hand, because technically, you know, you can have the police to ban uh, the, the protests from happening and to quiet things down, but they're not really doing that. So... I'm not sure if it's really going to work for him at this time. I got it. That's but I really hope it's not going to get any worse because it, it never goes, you know, the right way. And right way, I'm not talking politically. I mean, right. it's always no, bad. No. For, <laughs> sure. for sure. So um, it seems like uh, we're going to have to get together and, and hear from you very soon because things are developing rapidly and Definitely. we should see where things are going to go in the days and weeks to come. I'd like to thank you, Kobe, so much for your uh, insights. Let's hope for some stability in Israel, one in which the country needs so much at this point to face so many challenges, both inside and like we're seeing now on, uh, on the outside as well.
Yes, thank you very much, Shachar, and thank you very much to our audience. Always a pleasure to join you. Thank you very much. And thank you all for watching. And to all we say, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay happy. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golob, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In the News, Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shachar Razani. Thank you very much. Until next time, see you soon. Shalom and Lehitraut.